Hello and welcome. This is Home Life for Extraordinary Impact. My name is Matt Barrios. I'm a husband, dad, researcher, and writer, and I am focused on exploring global perspectives on homes. For that, I get to interview and research the homes of experts and everyday folks all around the world. And it's been such a blast to get to have these conversations with folks so that I can hopefully deliver to you who are listening some new insights, some new ideas for how you can transform your quality of life at home. Today, I get to interview a special guest from the great north, Vancouver, uh, not Vancouver, Washington, Vancouver, <laughs> Canada. And uh, this is Di Manuel. He is a dad. He's an entrepreneur. He's, uh, gosh, even just before I hit record, it's just so clear. This is a man of energy and excitement and delight. And I'm just so excited to have a conversation with you, Di. So welcome to the show. <laughs> Matt, it's totally awesome to be here. Like, really, I've been looking forward to this conversation as I've been creeping you online and uh, sort of preparing for our connection today. And uh, yeah, I'm just, I've really been looking forward to it. You know, from one dad to another dad, we got to, uh, you know, get together to support. You know, like, exactly. that's the one thing I realized when I first became a father, I was like, whoa. This is like a big island, and uh, at times I feel very alone on it, you know? It's funny, mom's got it all figured out, right? Like, they're like, Boom. dads? I mean, we're like, suck. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah, 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 it's yeah, just yeah. kind of weird, right? Yeah. That is so yeah. true. The, the dads group uh, culture hasn't really taken off in the world in the same way that the mom group culture has, for sure. Correct. Yeah. Well, um, I'm excited to chat with you about everything fatherhood, family, home, I, I mean, just like anywhere that we find ourselves, I'm excited to have a conversation with you. And just awesome. as a jumping off for, point for that, so um, mm. what are the sort of things that you like to do at home to really help you show up fully as yourself in the world mm. and the sort of stuff that you're up for? Wow, well, you know, I'm a big believer that your home is your sanctuary, right? It's your place for creating calmness and stillness but also for creating some great memories, especially when you consider family units, right? And, and significant relationships, hosting people. Um, so for me, it, it's really all about having my own little space within that sanctuary, if you will. So for me, actually, I'm in it right now. You know, this is my little space. And it, it's funny, right? My eldest daughter, when she uh, graduated a few years ago and moved out, I was like, hell yeah, I'm taking the dead back, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and. Uh, and I got to do it up the way I wanted, with things that inspire me, some nostalgic little uh, mementos. As you can see, I'm a total comic book nerd. Oh, uh, awesome, I love my yeah. Marvel. I love my DC. I love my original prints. But there are things that I, I just really, it brings me joy. You know, and uh, nostalgia is real. It's very real. And, uh, you know, I'm also an 80s kid. So, you know, I love all that sort of fun stuff. And, and for me, it's just ta taking some time to be in that space and just sort of decompress mm -hmm. and and more importantly set my day up it's one of my favorite things i'm an early morning riser i have been for gosh almost 30 years now you know since i was 18 i've been getting up uh, between 4 30 and 5 a.m and i i like that because it's quiet nobody else is getting up yet my kids would still be asleep my wife would still be asleep i get my own space i set my day up and and it just it just provides me with this great sort of um I don't know the best way to put it, but it, it's intentional energy, you know, for the day ahead. So for me, that's really important. So, but keeping things tidy and clean, I'm a bit of a neat freak that way, and thankfully, so is my partner. Uh, otherwise, man, we'd be in a world of world of trouble. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, like uh, what I'm hearing described, like a through line of what you're saying, is this like 
real place for you to be you, Fortress of Solitude, you know, you, mm. a re- reference to your comic book collection. Obviously. Superman. And, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, um, and then also this space, before the world's awake, you're awake. And you are, like, getting yeah. a moment uh, to yourself. I, I love that. Uh, and, you know, tidiness. I, I'm hearing that for sure as a theme as I'm doing this research, interviewing folks around the world. Like, that can actually set people set people's day up to be positive or negative. It, it's so surprising Correct. to... And also not surprising, you know, like I know I experienced that for myself. Um, Okay, so you are based in Vancouver, Canada. Would you tell me a little bit about like kind of your neighborhood, you know, the the culture and feel of it? Yeah. So for those that are familiar with Seattle, uh, I mean, we're just a couple hours north, you know, you just got to sort of hop over the border there. And, and we live downtown Vancouver. Uh, That's, you know, we're, we're urban dwellers. We we live in a condo and we've had other places. We've been in townhomes, we've been in homes, but we really prefer the smaller space. Uh, We're we're more or less minimalist with the exception of my comics. Uh, (laughs) Other than that, we're, we're quite minimalist. And so we like a small, tight, clean space and and that's sort of been our mantra as a family for for quite a while but especially when we went traveling and and lived nomadically for a few years you know you you learn how to live out of suitcases and Mm -hmm. and what's really essential versus not Um, and for us uh, you know we love it because we can walk everywhere you know we have one vehicle for our family and it stays parked a lot of the time you know, because we can walk everywhere. And downtown Vancouver is very cool because surrounding it is a lot of greens, also a lot of water. We, we have the waterways. We have a, literally outside my door here, about 20 feet past, uh, there's something called the seawall, which literally goes all around the downtown Vancouver and around a big park area called Stanley Park. And we have the North Shore Mountain View that we can always see. So it's just, it's just a wonderful place. Very, very lovely. And uh, as I say to everybody, you know, if you can get to Vancouver in the spring or summer, even early fall, whew, you'll, you'll probably not want to leave. And uh, oh. that's been our experience. And it usually is other people's experiences, too. It sounds beautiful. I got to visit Vancouver <laughs> once years and years and years ago. And I certainly oh, fell nice. in love with the city. I was like, man, this is beautiful. Like, I love the the feel and the vibe of the people, um, you know, the, the access to green and water and everything. I always, yeah, I just thought it was a really, really great place. Um, now, you mentioned that you decided really intentionally to be urban dwellers, right? Like we're going to live mm-hmm. in the city center. Um, what have you noticed about you know your quality of life when you have not lived in an urban center versus when you mm-hmm. have lived in an urban center? Well, for us, I, I think it's also because of the social aspects of just how my wife and I have been, like uh, our networking, our friends groups. Uh, we found that, you know, we did move out to the boonies. And uh, what I mean by that is we were about a 45 to a one hour commute away from the city. And at the time, for me, that was also problematic because I had a chain of retail stores I was a co-founder in, in this company. And, and so we were spread out over what's called the Vancouver Lower Mainland. And it's quite a large geographical space. So we, we had all these stores spread out. And at times, I would visit some of the, the locations. And, but my head office, the main office where my office was, and, and I'd spend some time at home, but I'd more often go into one of our flagship locations. And it involved quite a commute. And... You know, at the end of the day, the commuting is crazy, right? Like, so much of our day gets chewed up by that. If you're someone that's actively going somewhere else to work, and a lot of us get pushed out of the urban central because we start thinking, well, if I'm going to have a family, I'm going to need more space. 
You know, and sure. the funny thing about more space, you fill it with stuff. Give yourself more space, you just fill it with more things. And, and you got to ask yourself, you know, do you own the things or the things own you, right? And, and I've gone through that process myself. Uh, and it's, it's both cathartic but also scary when you start to lighten the load of all those worldly possessions, right? Mm. Uh, but, but for us... It, it made a lot more sense. Like, our quality of life was really amazing. Even when our kids were just babies, very young, before we decided, oh, maybe we should have more space. We'll move out to where we can have more space. And it's more affordable to have more space. But then we made the transition, and we were just missing downtown. We found ourselves coming down here every weekend anyways, connecting with mm. our friend groups that were still downtown. Because we were young parents. You know, we had uh, our kids. I was mid-20s. My wife was early 20s. Um, we were the first in our friend groups to have children. So it was a big novelty for everybody. We had no short supply of <laughs> babysitters because everyone's like, oh, that's we'll great. take the baby for a night. And we're like, hell yeah, that's great, you know. So and uh, But they all lived in the downtown or, or surrounding areas. And... Uh, and I remember we'd get up and uh, we'd very often just, we'd go for a walk. Like, I mean, we, this is what we do now, like urban living. We'd get up, we'd go out, we grab a coffee, we walk the seawall, we can watch the sun come up or go down. You know, it, it's just <laughs> our lifestyle is very suitable for urban living. Plus, I, I'm an avid hiker. So I get plenty of opportunity to get away and do some occasional hikes here and there. I just did a week-long hike on the West Coast Trail of Canada. You know, so I was off-grid, you know, for a week. And, and that's great because I get the benefits of both worlds, but I do recognize we need that time alone as well and our time to enjoy nature. And, and it's mm -hmm. really how it's meant to be enjoyed. And, and so I, I do try to find some balance with that. I mean, that sounds kind of like a, a perfect place for you to live then if you're able to be that accessible to such beautiful green places, go on your hikes and that kind of thing. And also have the the very day-to-day -day experience of city life and what it has it provides access for. I mean, that sounds like a really great combination of things for you. Um, and, so, and we're a tourist city with great food. So, uh, and I don't know if you remember when you were here, you probably got a chance to get around to some of the restaurants. Even now, there's yes. more and more restaurants. Like this, my wife and I were talking about it the other day. We're like, "Hey, have you heard of this place? Have you heard of this place?" And I'm like, "I haven't heard of any of these places." You know. So there's, a, wow. we have quite. If you're a foodie, you'll love Vancouver. I can say that oh for gosh. sure. You're making me want to take another trip back up there. Uh, my, oh, come my on wife's up. family is like up up in Seattle, north of Seattle area, and nice. so I've got like a. You know, an easy in if I just want to go pop yeah. over to Vancouver for a while. So, uh, I mean, I might need to do that eventually. Uh, you got to tell me, Matt, yeah. if you're coming, you got to let me know and we'll, we'll connect and I'll show you oh, around. It'll be great. Sounds wonderful. I'll, I'll totally hit you up. That sounds so fun. Good. Uh, as a fellow also like foodie city, San Francisco, where I'm living, <laughs> oh, I know gosh, how yeah. much like the the access to really high quality food totally does just like up your quality of life like it's kind of amazing sure. and you know when i go to these places where it's not as much of a food culture like you know you, mm -hmm. you it's not like a uh, a live to eat kind of place you yeah. know but i feel like in You're san right. francisco there's a lot of people who are just like oh i actually live mm -hmm. to have like really great fine food so does vancouver <laughs> have that sort of feel to it or not really I, I think it's, there's a blend to that. You know, there, it, it's funny. Vancouver does get criticized for not having much of a nightlife, uh, even though it does. But it, it's not maybe as well developed as some other cities, uh, especially some other Canadian cities like Montreal or Toronto, as an example. They're they're thriving, um, and they have a real 
robust nightlife. Uh, but we have our places. We have our areas. Like even Chinatown, um, there's an area mm-hmm. up on Main Street. Really cool because it's, it's sort of these older spaces which historically, you know, 20 years ago, you wouldn't want to live there. <laughs> but sure. now... You do want to live there, and it's yeah. very sought after. Real estate's gone up, but also all these cool little businesses have really started to infuse these these uh, uh, neighborhoods within the urban center, and it's just wonderful because you get all these sort of different cultures and, and different flavors, uh, quite literally, and, and so it keeps things uh, fresh, but also exciting. Yeah. And you could go out literally every day and have a new experience and wow. try a new food or a new restaurant and. Uh, and a lot of us within walking distance, but we also have great transit here. You know, we have oh, the SkyTrain, yeah. which was built during the 86 Expo, and, and it connects everybody everywhere. Uh, so it's, it's an, an easy city to travel around. That's amazing. Yeah, it sounds like a, a really <laughs> great place. I, and I see yeah. uh, also, like, um, not only is it, like, an accessible place, lots of good things to do, you know, access mm-hmm. to the outdoors in really cool ways. But I think it's, it is interesting what you're saying about your choice for um, not not doing the rural or the suburban thing with your family mm. as much, or or, in, or you you tried it, but you also felt like that wasn't really what we want. When did you make that decision to move back mm. to um, the kind of urban center for you as a family? So it would have been for us thirteen thirteen years ago. We we moved back downtown. Like so, cool. we had lived downtown and then we went to an area called Kitsilano which is just over the bridge from downtown and nice little area very cool we were living across from the beach it was fun but fun. it wasn't a, a, a great place like a, the, the home that we were living in it was just because um, we were renting at the time and uh, it just it wasn't a good fit and then and then we got pregnant with our second and we're like oh geez you know family's growing maybe we should move out somewhere where we can have a bit more space you know and you know, be more family focused. And, and and we made that transition. But then we got there after a few years, we're just like, you know, I think we need to change, man. Like we, we, we were missing the city so much and the lifestyle that we had here. And so we yeah. transitioned back, you know, and the kids at the time were both, gosh, had they started? Yeah, they were, one was going into kindergarten, the other one was going into grade two. So that's when we relocated. And, and that was the only challenge, and I'll be full disclosure here from Vancouver, sure. Good. The education system is not bad, but but there's quite the wait list to get into certain mm-hmm. schools, and mm-hmm. it's because the downtown has grown so much, uh, like literally up, right? Um, because mm-hmm. real estate has just taken off here in such a big way in the last yeah. ten years. There's been constant development, and a lot of the older three-story buildings have been knocked down, put up skyscrapers, and and so this influx of of people with having kids, the schools they haven't added new schools to the downtown core. Wow. So that that it can be a big challenge. We've heard of people have, being on a wait list for two years. Now we were, we were fortunate. Oh we got in there, and my wife is a squeaky wheel. I'll just tell you that right now. <laughs> awesome. She'll show up every day, and she'll you know she'll go in every day to the office. Like she, <laughs> I Perfect. I would never do that, but my wife she's awesome. <laughs> she's just I mean, gonna, it gets get the, the job grease. done, doesn't it? Oh, it's incredible. It's it's wild. But but yeah, that's that's a couple things that I've noticed, and especially with young families, it can be really challenging on the education front. Hmm. That is interesting. Yeah. So when, uh, when you had like your kids, like with, mm-hmm. with them, like you said, kindergarten, second grade or something like that. And then, yeah, um, yeah that's right. How, they kind of like grew up in a city then. I mean, like they're yeah. all their formative yeah. years, all of that. That's a really cool thing. What have you noticed about, uh, 
the nature of parenting in a city mm. context. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Ooh, whoa. Uh, sorry, try, try to no go problem. off there. Um, yeah. So, uh, interesting to note, uh, yeah, when we first moved back into a condo, they didn't really have any recollection, but the, for our kids, it was like, wow, we're living in a hotel. Like, that was what they thought. <laughs> that was their context. They think, yeah, yeah, because they think lobby, they think elevator, you know, there's a doorman. It's like, wow, we're in yeah. a hotel now, you know? Oh, and they're fighting over who gets to push the button, you know? And, I love that. And, and so it was kind of fun that way to see their perspective. And, you know, our kids are pretty easygoing. Like, they're pretty chill. And for them, it they loved it because, you know, like literally across the street, we got a big park. It's a dog park. So lots of dogs, lots of cool animals. Um, literally a block and a half. And, and that's where their school was located. Uh, great playground, great big field and green space, plus the seawall. So it, it, there was lots of yeah. things for them to do. And there's a great community center three blocks away, which has lots of wonderful programs and after school programs. And, uh, and so you know, we made sure because it's small living, we tend to find ourselves out a lot more, doing things, socializing, mm. participating. Mm. And our kids, you know, my wife and I are very much like that. So the kids ultimately yeah. have become like that too. <laughs> and yes. so the, the, they enjoyed it. They really did enjoy it a, a lot. Now, just so you know, like the formative years that you were mentioning before, um, a number of years ago, you know, when I was leaving the company I co-founded, uh, we, we sort of came to a place where we decided that we were going to go traveling for a bit. And awesome. we, we, I basically quit my career for 17 years. A month later, my wife quit hers. Three months after that, not actually two and a half, uh, we pulled the kids out of school. And wow. we started traveling. And our intention was to, like, homeschool sort of or road school. Uh, it yeah. ended up being more li life schooling. <laughs> And we, <laughs> sure. we ended up traveling for five years, okay? And five during those five years, yes, so long. Wow, How yeah, amazing. it what, was what a while. Some of the places you went? Well, we went all over the U.S. and Canada for the first few years because my father was ill and he lived just outside of Toronto. So we wanted to be close enough that if we needed to get back in a hurry, we could. Uh, mm -hmm. And, and sure enough, my, my dad's uh, cancer progressed. He had pancreatic cancer and, and to the point where, you know, it eventually took his life. Um, uh, but sorry. we were fortunate because we'd already made that transition. We were able to spend the final six months with him. We literally went to Ontario. We, we lived in my mom's, like, she had a fully furnished rental unit in her basement. And so we just lived in that for those six months while having the opportunity to also visit with my dad. And, and you know, it, it's interesting how things just work out, right? Because had I not left my career and my wife left hers and pulled the kids out of school, we wouldn't have all had that luxury to do that. So, yeah. you know, things yeah. work out for a reason sometimes. The, and uh, It would have been like... A, more of a sense of like yeah. we're supposed to be anchored in the school and these jobs and all of that but in that case you actually had you had already cleared things up to have the freedom to make that Correct. kind of choice to be there that's incredible wow, a, a real gift of that season thank you it was and it, we, we felt very grateful for that and and after my dad passed we were my wife and i were like okay well want to go overseas now and we're like yeah let's do that and so <laughs> we went with the full intention of traveling around southeast asia australia new zealand uh, but we, we, we started in Bali and we leased a place for three wow. months on Airbnb. So we knew getting there, we'd already have a place. We sort of sussed it out. My wife had been to Bali in her twenties and in her late teens, a couple times, uh, just during her backpacking days. And 
so she already had a general idea of what it would be like. And so we got there and, you know, it was coming close to the end of that three months. And we're looking at each other and like, you know, we could stay. What do you think about that? You know, and we look at the kids. What do, you, do you guys want to stay? And they're like, yeah, 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 let's stay. You know, and, and it was turned into two and a half years. Okay. So uh, <laughs> it, was, it was awesome. But, but we always told our kids that if they wanted to go back to Vancouver to finish school, we would honor that. And sure enough, you know, they played that card. And, and so we honored it. And my, my wife and the two girls came back about six months before I came back because I had some retreats and some other things that I was doing over there at the time. Uh, so I had to finish up those commitments and then move back. And, it, and so we were all back here uh, about two months before the pandemic. It was funny. Like our transition was not pandemic based. Um, our transition yeah, yeah. back to Vancouver, back to home, was just simply life and lifestyle and the fact that our kids wanted to finish high school in Vancouver. But yeah. those middle years, middle school years, they were not in a school system. They weren't living in really any one address. Wow. You know, we were, we were rather nomadic during those years. And I can tell you the education they gained from that, especially the confidence and the, the just the worldly experience. It, it, and I, I hear this from other people. So, I, I, of course, they're my kids. I'm completely biased. But <laughs> hearing sure. this, this constant commentary from other people, like they'll talk to my girls and they feel like they're talking to another adult. Somebody that's very, you know, kind, attentive, but also can carry a conversation. And also, they didn't have to deal with any of that middle school drama. <laughs> okay? Like, you know how it goes. <clears throat> Especially with TikTok that's, and all this other stuff nowadays. Oh I mean, it's, it's intimidating. So, um, it was great, but very different than that's, what most people are accustomed to. Very different, but it sounds like, man, it's really paid dividends in the sense of that sort mm -hmm. of confidence that they're going through in life. Um, and also, yeah. I mean... I, I'm seeing this parallel right now between the way mm. that my, my wife was raised. So she was homeschooled uh, up north of Seattle and, um, and her dad was a businessman. And so the joke is that like being homeschooled by him was kind of like a like junior MBA, you know, sort of <laughs> program. Like he was just like having them do entrepreneurial <laughs> things all the time, mm -hmm. having them make the calls to uh, government officials about, blah, 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 you know, all of these kinds of things. Wow. And, and basically... My wife became, uh, and all of her siblings, they're all ultra, ultra competent, high achieving folks who can hang oh. with any situation. It's really remarkable. So I'm definitely seeing like some parallel between those, this mm -hmm. willingness to go off the beaten path a little bit um, yes. with raising kids. And I know that's not for everybody and it probably depends on the yep. kid and everything, but it sounds like it's really, really worked out very well for you and your family. What did that style of uh because i'm sure you're still thinking about like oh I, I really even though my kids aren't in the school system or whatever i still want to instill values information training so on i, w I still want to do that with them what did that look like for um, you and your partner to to still try to yeah. impart something to your kids well we realized like within the first few weeks of us starting the journey we we lacked the patience to, to teach. And our kids, to be fair, weren't really keen for it either. But we maintained the basics, you know, the reading, the writing, uh, comprehension, as well as uh, arithmetic and, and various other mathematics, but nothing overly yeah. complicated. Because again, their age just wasn't necessarily relevant. But we got all the books, the school books from the school board, mm -hmm. because you can take your kids out of school, but it's for only a fixed period of time. But they have all the resources. And 
it's also a law here in Canada that when a kid comes back, they automatically go right into the grade that they should be in or would have been in. Uh, right. There's you don't even have to challenge it. There's no competency test, which is remarkable, well, quite frankly. Yeah. Um, but what we did choose to do, and we always knew this would be a plan, was when it did come time, if they wanted to go back into school, we would do condensed tutoring for a, a good period of time. And we did do that for almost six months. So mm-hmm. we already knew. So we started in at some education centers in Bali, actually, for expats. Uh, and so the kids were in there learning the, the, the same curriculum that they would have been learning here in, the, in our school system. And so and it was condensed and accelerated so they could basically get caught up. And they did. And the neat thing was, though, like we used to take our kids to the networking events and to the retreats. And they'd also um, be part of a lot of different other clubs and sports. But also they'd come to the various Toastmasters groups we were a part of. And this is all while also living in Bali or while we were traveling in North America. Like we always brought our kids. We were the parents. Probably annoying to a lot of people. But we're always bringing our kids. I was always bringing them with us. I was just like, no, they're coming with us. This is a, we're a unit here. And uh, they can learn from this. So both my kids are great at public speaking. They're very comfortable and confident speaking in front of groups. And, you know, that's not very common for young kids. You know, I remember my, my daughter at, at literally at 14 years old giving a speech at this Bali Toastmasters group to a group of 50 people. Right? Wow. Like, and they're from yeah. all over the world. And there she is giving this like seven minute talk. And, and just, wow. she nailed it. She nailed it. I was so proud, you know, and I was like, wow, I way to go, baby. And, and so there was other ways that they learned and grew. That I, quite frankly, you know, I'm not here to challenge the school systems or some of the curriculums, but I do know that some of it's a bit dated and not necessarily applicable to the the life that we want outside of high school or, or, or grade school, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, there's the good and the bad of everything. And uh, yes. we just really wanted to focus on developing good human beings. That, that was our focus. That's fantastic. That's so great. And even skills mm-hmm. in public speaking, um, that mm-hmm. takes a certain sort of... Uh, individual care and attention to foster that in a person. Uh, and I, I just love that you gave that gift to your kids. It sounds like, like, a, a, like it's really set them up. Um, I'd love to go like a slightly different direction now. And uh, sure. again, I, I feel like this has all been adjacent to home, like everything from mm-hmm. kind of travel and educating and parenting and all of that. I'd love to zoom in on your physical space now. Um, mm-hmm. So I, You've mentioned this room, and I see right behind you for the folks who aren't, you know, watching the video format of this. There's uh, these framed comic books, these this framed artwork. Um, tell me a little bit about like those pieces of work and why it is that it's important to you to display them. Well, for me, it's just to look at them. You know, historically, when when guys like myself collect comic books, you know, and there's a lot of us out there, the, the guys that started collecting comics back in the 80s, you know, or even well before that, some of the older guys. But for myself, you know, 46, I started collecting when I was like 9, 10 years old, right? And, and so I'm going back to like 1986 and uh, started buying comics. But historically, you keep them in a box. And I'm like... I like looking at them. I used to love touching them, feeling them, opening them up and smelling the newsprint, right? Like, I just, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and enjoying the stories. And uh, for me, that was always just, I love that. And so I think as I reclaimed this space in our home, uh, you know, getting this room back, I wanted to set it up with things that 
both itched my nostalgic little itch, <laughs> as uh, well yeah. as it was things that I like to look at. It's things that bring me joy and happiness, you know. And mm-hmm. um, of course, my wife has her own artwork, and so she gets every other wall in the house. But this is my, these are my walls, <laughs> you know. <laughs> these are my walls, and and yeah. so things that I've collected, and you know, I've got some artist signed prints here, and, and you know, like Neil Adams, and like just some really well known. And unfortunately, many of these artists have passed in the last few years, but you know the works live on and and for me it's just I, I love having it you know so I got some Superman comics here some more iconic covers I got Star Wars number one over there I got these metal prints that were done by an artist uh, these etchings really cool Neil Adams classic covers of Superman and Batman and and then I got some uh, John Cleese was here in town uh, last year and he did wow. a, a, a show and uh, they had a poster for the event so I got the poster and I got him to sign it so I've got that frame there as well and you know, awesome. I've got uh, all sorts of stuff. It's all uh, and and I didn't even show you, but I've got my um, I've also got some figures, like uh, the little action figures. I've got this oh, nice, above my nice. printer and scanner here on the wall. I've got a bunch of these little things, and they're all set up on that too. Because as a kid, I used to love that stuff, but now as an adult, yeah. I, mean, I don't necessarily play with them, but I like having them on display because it's just right. again. It, it's just things that bring me back to that time in my life, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It inspires yeah, joy me. joy and nostalgia. Yeah. yeah. In- inspiration. I, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um, what What do you think that's done to, like, have a space like that uh, for you to kind of inhabit on a regular basis? What does that actually open up in terms of mindset, values, um, even actions in your life? What, what does that open up for you? Well, for me, it, I, I'm a creator. I love to create. I love creating content and videos. And really, you know, my whole reason for being on social media is to inspire, motivate, and educate, and hopefully do it in a fun way that brings a smile to a face, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and those are sort of the filters through which I like to do a lot of what I do. And this space gets me into that sort of zone, if you will. That, that sort of flow mm-hmm. state. Because it's just a calm space for yeah. me. I look around on the wall instantly I just feel grounded, you know, and really present. And, uh, and and so, you know, here I've got my standing desk. I'm sitting right now, but I have my standing desk, you know, my lights here. Like, it just, it's just, it, the room's set up for me. You know, it's my space, and it's what I love. And uh, But it's also set up in such a way that's highly functional for the things that I do, both professionally, but also personally. And that was important. And it's not a big space, you know. This is not a big space. It's like 10 by maybe 7. You know, so it's not not a huge space, yeah. um, but for me and what I need, it's great. It's just right. That's fantastic. I, I, I'm definitely seeing the connection then be, there because if these are a bunch of items that are really inspiring to you in a space that's really functional for you to do work that mm-hmm. is about inspiring other people, it would make sense that you would want that space to set that tone for mm-hmm. you. So you're reminded of yourself. There's like a self-possession. I know who I am. I'm going to go... Uh, you know, give that to the world and be of service to other people. Like, I mean, th- that's great that you were able to give that sort of attention to that environment to lead your state of mind, your energy, in order to be that for other people. Uh, that's so cool. Thank you. When, yeah. uh, when did you start uh, doing work and kind of creating? I'm, I'm hearing retreats mm-hmm. and everything like that, too. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, how did that begin for you? Oh, well, you know, I had 17 years of building a retail company. And during those 17 years, that, you know, when you do something for so long, you get really proficient at it, you know. And also, I've been someone that I, I like to learn, but I also like to grow. 
But also, if I got the right mentor and the right people around me that I can model the right things, the right habits, the right actions to achieve certain things, well, I'm going to excel even quicker. And I was very fortunate that I had those things all aligned when I really started to get into this entrepreneurial journey with, with that past company. And it was also in a space that I loved, you know, selling fitness equipment, accessories, supplements, apparel. Basically, it was a toy store for those that want to get healthy. And I loved it. You know, I absolutely loved it. I, I really did get a lot of fulfillment from serving a community or multiple communities as we grew to, to just helping people maintain a certain level of health and well-being, but also tap into that longevity and vitality that we all have access to mm-hmm. if we can get out of our own way and create some healthier habits, right? And right. Uh, so that for me, that was really critical. And I was always more the COO slash CMO. You know, I was doing a lot of the marketing initiatives. I, I had a lot of ideas around copywriting and ways to tell a story because that was stuff that I was always passionate about. My, my background at university was uh, English lit and philosophy. Oh so gosh, ultimately, you, can, you understand why I got into selling fitness equipment. I mean, it's I like, was an English I, lit <laughs> person too, and also am into weightlifting. So there is some parallel between what we're talking about. I love it. This is Dude, so funny. I love but, it also does feel like oh how did these things come together yeah yeah seriously though like the thing is with that passion with writing and reading and just consuming some of the great literature right but also the way philosophers think and present and whether they're using logic or emotions to influence you regardless I, i i just found that in itself very inspiring for me and so transitioning into this thing that I love, which is helping people with their fitness, but also at the same time being able to tell a great story, you know, a story that can help people see themselves as that hero and then navigate some of the similar things. Because we all want the same thing. We all want to be able to wake up in the morning and feel great. And you know what? Everyone's entitled to that. And they should be feeling that. Unfortunately, things have been normalized now that unhealthy is normal. You know, it's, it's just, it's, it's been normalized, you know, and, sure. and listen, I can speak to this because as a kid, I was morbidly obese up until the age of 15. All right. And, and yeah. people still don't believe that. I'm like, go to my website. I got the photos there. You can take a look at them. But sure. I, I, so I know what it's like to be on the other end of the spectrum, you know, and, and yeah. so helping people navigate that is really important to me. And that's where the creation side of things really taps in because, you know, we are empathetic beings for the most part. You know, we are emotional beings. We're not humans that choose to be emotional. We're just emotional humans. Like, it's just who we are. But we've learned and grown as a culture, as a society, through the millennia, through storytelling. And so that's really where the creative juice is for me always. I, I, need a, I like to have a, a space that inspires me. You know, I like to connect that's with people great. that inspire me. You know, and because that often will turn me on to new ideas or ways of presenting ideas or a story that can help inspire someone to to take that first action so they can start to realize some of those changes or shifts for themselves so yeah that's really where it all connects you know yeah i love that Uh, what an interesting thing that you know storytelling is in some ways at the root of a lot of what you're saying, like this ability mm-hmm. to understand a story, be moved by a story, communicate a story to other people, mm-hmm. uh, even like be inspired by these comic books all around you and, and so on. Like uh, what an interesting through line uh, through that, that I'm <laughs> noticing. Uh, how cool. Um, well, okay. I, this has been so fun. I want to take it another direction because I just want to keep all covering right. some ground here. Um, so let's play a this or that, you know, right. when home's going, uh, when home's going really, really great, it looks like this. When home's gone sideways, mm. it looks like that. 
what would you say are some of the differentiators for you? Okay, well, when it's going well, the kids are engaged. They're having fun. They're actually looking forward to learning, you know? Uh, um, yeah. When it's not going well, well, you get challenged to keep the bums in the seat long enough to learn anything or to complete something. <laughs> You know, it's they get those jitters, and my kids are kind of like me that way, and my wife. Like we're, we're we're people that are always on the go. Like we just we just are. We're always doing something. Yeah, yeah. And and so if the kids aren't engaged and we're not presenting the information in a way that they want it to be presented, and when I say want it, I don't even think they could articulate it, but we could tell over time. You just start to see that the patterns, right? And we yeah. learned that if we go to a national park. We take them to a museum. We take them to a gallery. We take them to a, a, a performance, a play, as an example. But we ask them to do a little bit of research about that before we end up there so they can talk about mm. it, tell us about it. That got them super hyped and engaged. You know, we made sure they both had iPads, you know, growing up. And uh, we, we limited that, of course, and, and sure. would <laughs> recommend what was okay and what wasn't okay, you know. And, I mean, you got to do that as parents, especially today. I mm -hmm. mean, I'm talking like a decade ago when we first started that, right? And it's changed a lot since then. Um, yeah. But it, for us, it, that was their access to not only friends that were back here in Vancouver or Canada or other parts, that, mm -hmm. uh, um, places that they met people, but in a way that also became a reward. Do you know what I mean? Like we would yeah. give them the ability. If they complete assignments, they, they did what we asked them to and they came back and excited and learned something. Well, okay, great. You, you know, you, you're yeah. welcome to use that for some more personal things, not just the schooling or the learning, right? And, uh, and so that worked really well. And, and you know, the funny thing was my one daughter, she discovered an app called Wattpad, and Wattpad is basically a writing platform. And she totally got into this, this uh, it was almost like role-playing, like you would be working with a group yeah. of people and you'd be telling stories and creating narratives. And, you know, she's like an early teenager at this time and just dove all into that. And so her personal time wow. was spent writing stories. And I was like, how amazing. Right and, and I'll yeah. tell you, her proficiency at English, like when our kids went back into high school, because they chose to go back in, we didn't force them to, right? Mm -hmm. I was actually like, are you guys sure you want to go back? I was like, I, I didn't really want to leave Bali. Full, full, full <laughs> disclosure, sure, I didn't. Sure, I was sure, like, yeah, I, yeah. I kind of like, <laughs> I'm like. I we just I, hang out in Bali longer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dude, I, I was totally down for that. And, uh, but no, our kids really wanted yeah. to go back to school. And because they wanted to go back into school. They were extremely motivated to learn. So during that six month of, of mm. it was kind of like a, a homeschooling center. You know, it was all these expats that were basically in Bali putting all their kids in this room. And there was like, two teachers and they were getting paid a, a certain amount per head. But it was all different age groups. But they would help them learn the different curriculums wow. that they needed to learn. And uh, they were super motivated. And they were dialed in. So they were now the ones really leading that. Not so much my wife and I. So it, it was a different situation, right? And I know that's not common. Um, and I still often wonder. I'm like, they, they obviously take after their mom because that would not have been me at that age, <laughs> you know. But, <laughs> sure. but but regardless, you know, I would have been like at the beach surfing. But uh, no, they were they were really dedicated to it. So those are a couple little that's things. Great. You know, the engagement piece I think is really important. Mm -hmm. That makes a lot of sense, yeah. and especially thinking about your. Uh, I mean, I I'm experiencing it. I only got a toddler right now, but like how much more that's going to compound over the years and just how much like the tone of a kid's life really sets the tone of a home. Uh, you know, I could totally see that. So 
keeping a kid engaged, wanting to learn, yeah. all of that, that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, well, Di, this has been an incredible conversation, and I'm just so thankful for your openness and your energy, and uh, I, I hope uh, and I believe a lot of people probably learned a whole lot by just getting to hear about your life and the things that were decisions you faced, how you raised your kids, all of those kinds of things. If you were to leave folks listening, and you know myself, honestly, with just one piece of advice or recommendation for how to improve their quality of life at home, what would you mm. recommend? Well, okay, it'll be two things, and I'll try to keep this brief. Uh, the first one is, you know, your significant partner, that romantic relationship that you have. It, when all of a sudden everything is happening at home, and we saw this during the pandemic, it strained a lot of relationships. Mm -hmm. You know, we saw it, I saw it a lot with my friends. You know, they weren't used to, like, man, we had traveled around the U.S. in an SUV for a couple of years. Listen, we got really good at living in a small space <laughs> together. So the pandemics was a, a breeze for us, right? Yeah, um, yeah. You, but you'd already been training for it in some ways. Totally, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah we, you know, we were pretty well conditioned, you know. Um, but, you know, that romantic relationship with your partner. I know it's one that can be challenged when all of a sudden everything just is now all in one place. And, you know, especially if you're both there and you're both involved with the kids and you're also working. So it, it's sort of there's this constant blend of everything now all into one. My wife and I found it difficult at times to have that romantic connection, uh, you know, that intimate connection as partners do, you know, and. Mm -hmm. And so, and I'm not talking sexual here. I'm just talking about the, the mental and the physical just ability to connect mm -hmm. and just be there intentionally for one another and, and talk about yeah. the big topics, but also the fun topics. And mm -hmm. so what worked for us, and I, and I really, I, I commend my wife for this idea, you know, she's like, you know, we need to dedicate a date night and we got to make this non-negotiable. Whoa. Like non-negotiable. And, and we sync up our calendars. Okay. It's blocked Saturday nights from five to 10. And it's been like that oh. for years and years and years, like to the point that our friends don't ask us to do anything on Saturday nights. Cause they're like, no, yeah. they're, unless they're going out and doing something, they're like, Hey, do you guys want to do your date night with us? And then we might consider it, but it's sure. a non-negotiable. So we had, we know every week we're going to have this block of intentional time to connect, hmm. you know, as, as partners in life. Not just parents that are homeschooling or life schooling or road schooling, you know, not right. not like we're trying to manage a house. It's just, and we try to make sure that we go outside of the home for that. Mm. You know, we don't want to stay at, at home because we do so much at home already. Sure, so sure. that's been a really big one for us personally as a relationship. And, and as I say in a lot of my profiles, you know, I've been dating my wife for 23 years. And I'm going to continue to date her because she's a very different person today than who she was 23 years ago. But unless I continue to date her, I would never know that. And so that's the one piece. And then when it comes to the kids, you know, <laughs> games are great. Okay, board games. Like I, I, we made sure to bring some, or we would source some on marketplace. Even living in Bali, you know, like we would nice. order things like, and, and or ask people to bring them in their suitcases because the games are fun, especially they can be educational. You know, and, and you can check a lot of boxes, but kids love to learn through that fashion. And I'm talking old school. I'm not talking the digital games like the old DVDs or the apps. I'm talking like the old board games. You throw them on the table, yeah, man. Yeah, you yeah. set it yeah. up. Like, and uh, like both my kids got into crib while we were living in Bali, which is great for math. It's great for math, oh. you know? Okay. Interesting. Wow. 
Yeah, cribbage. You know, cribbage. You got to count oh, yeah. points. You know. Oh, and, uh, oh, okay. Cribbage. Cribbage. I was cribbage. Just like, cribbage. Yeah, yeah. I don't sorry. Know that game. Cribbage. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And My, chess. Yeah. Oh, oh, you grew up. Sorry, go ahead. What were you saying? I grew up. I grew up playing cribbage yeah. on my grandpa's lap, and it's oh. just like that is why I can do math still to this day. Like that's <laughs> why. Yeah, it's awesome, right? And and yeah. so that's the other piece I would like to say as far as the engagements concerned. Like those are little strategies, and, and and just really became more lifestyle for us that that worked really really well. And uh, and so those are a couple tips I like to leave with people. You know, I hope, well, try it and see what it, see what happens. You know, what, yeah, what do you got yeah. to lose, right? Yeah. I, I think it's a it's a enticing idea and also a, a real challenge to think of a non-negotiable date night, and also in injecting this fun through like tabletop <laughs> board games, card games, like make that part of even the way that kids are learning. What a great idea! Um, those are great pieces of advice. Uh, thank you. Awesome. Thank so, you. Dai, I've loved having a conversation with you, and I'm sure lots of people listening have are also just like, okay, what is this guy up to? How would I get in touch with him? So what are the sort of things that you're working on? What could people do to connect with you uh, moving forward? Well, I'm pretty active on social media. Uh, I've even just joined threads of all places. Whoa, I don't know if you heard yeah, of threads, yeah. the Instagram threads. Uh, it yeah, reminds me, it's yeah. like Tumblr and Twitter got together and had a baby. And <laughs> I swear, that's what it's kind of feeling like right now. But oh, I, I love the simplicity of it. But, but regardless, I'm really active on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And, and so if you connect with me on those platforms, like as long as you can spell my name and don't worry, those platforms are so used to people misspelling my name, it usually comes up as the suggestion. <laughs> wow. But, Perfect. but just message me, shoot me a DM, you know, and be like, hey, I'm thinking of Bali. Here's what I'm going to do. And, or this is where I want to go. Or, or maybe you just want some introductions to some cool things to do and people to chat with. Well, listen. I'm game. I love conversations. I love connecting with people. So those are the easiest ways to get a hold of me online. Um, and, and as far as what I'm doing, you know, I, I love to connect with audiences. So I do a lot of speaking, keynoting. Uh, I really enjoy that. But I also love my writing and, and, and producing good content, um, as well as I offer coaching and consulting services, both personally and professionally. So most often, both combined, as yeah. we're yeah. all multifaceted individuals, and we look we want to improve in all areas, right? So yeah, those yeah. are a lot of the fun stuff I'm doing. And uh, I appreciate you asking that, by the way, Matt. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, I'm going to collect your profiles and stuff, and I'll put it in a companion blog post. So people, oh, if they're interested in like hearing more, getting connected, just take a look in the show notes. You'll see a companion blog post. It'll give you a link so that you could go check out what Dai's up to you know, in a lickety split. So thank you very much, Dai, for being an incredible conversation partner on this. And yeah, um, yeah I just really appreciate you giving it the time. So thank you. Thank you, Matt. And uh, thanks for creating a space for these conversations to happen. I know you probably don't get thanked very much, or at least not often <laughs> enough as far as I'm concerned, but I, I know how much energy and time and resources go into create a platform like this. And I just want to say thank you for providing this for all of us. And uh, I'm very grateful to have been a part of it. And just a small little part of it, but a part of it nonetheless. And so thank you. Well, much, much gratitude. Thank you for saying that. Um, well, this has been an episode of Home Life for Extraordinary Impact, everybody. Thank you all for listening. And until next time. Thanks for listening to Home Life for Extraordinary Impact. I hope you enjoyed listening as much as I enjoyed putting it together for you. Please take a moment to rate it, like it, and subscribe wherever you have listened or watched. If you really loved it, check the link in the show notes to become a premium subscriber to support the ongoing work of this project and to unlock some exclusive premium episodes. Home Life for Extraordinary Impact is a project of Home Life Design Lab. Find out more at homelifedesignlab.com where you can sign up for the newsletter and follow along on Instagram and TikTok. 
Thanks. 